Iowa everywhere. One made their name covering the Hawks, the other covering the clones. John Miller, Chris Williams. From the Channel Seed Studios, this is Miller and Williams on Iowa Everywhere. Channel Seed, seedsmanship at work. Powered by Prairie Meadows Racetrack and Casino. What's going on? Happy Wednesday. It is April the 19th at the time of recording this week's Miller and Williams here on Iowa Everywhere. We are well recording this live from the Channel Seed Studios. Nice hat, John Miller. Channel Seed, I'm a seedsman. Everybody knows that. Seedsman at work. Yep, old school seedsmanship at work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Showmanship, seedsmanship share a lot in common. We use microphones and the fine farmers across the state of Iowa and should be every state, seedsmanship is their showmanship. Make sense? Well said. Thank you. Well said. Uh, we are presented, as always, by our friends at Prairie Meadows Racetrack and Casino. We are getting to uh, horse racing season, so that'll be starting up out at Prairie Meadows before too long. Didn't have a show last week. Miller's been doing a lot of traveling, doing more traveling this week. Where are you, where are you going? Where are you been, man? Uh, well, I was up in West Branch a couple of weeks ago. My football coach passed, and um, Butch Peterson. That and, looked like uh, a hell of a turnout for that funeral, man. <laughs> I mean, 1,600 people in a packed gym in a town that's got 2,500 people. It's awesome. Um, you know, and Butch uh, telling his kids as he was, you know, literally had, you know, slowly dying you know worried that uh worried that people weren't going to remember him and it's like come on coach that's yeah. just that's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen so it well, was that's a cool it's a beautiful thing and then this weekend i'm going to uh, nashville tennessee the uh largest propane convention of the year is there we <laughs> rent out a baller loft just off of broadway so uh can't wait looking forward to it i'm really disappointed that there's no casinos in nashville because nick <laughs> is going with me and we were looking to hold down a blackjack table and it's just not going to happen just uh bring your own cards yeah could do that that's we a great could call. talk about flying zoomier out to nashville for you matter of fact yeah hey could sage rosenfels help us hold down a blackjack table i would think so i don't know if i want to play with sage he feels 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 like sage is a little too rich for my blood baby okay no, I, he'd be a blast. Dude, Sage is one of the most fun people in the world to hang out with. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We got to take him to Vegas to oh, circle with us sometime. You, me, and Sage, and and Maddie, oh, and man. I mean, that they wouldn't even see us coming. It would be, it would be awesome. Yes, no, it, it would be. Sage is a great time. We hung out. I hung out with him. I did a night in Omaha with him. That's where he lives. We did a night in Omaha last year. Sage is hilarious too because you go to a restaurant or a bar with him Mm -hmm. and everybody knows him. All the Mm. servers, because he's the guy, he's just, you know, probably tips well. Right. He talks to everybody. He doesn't know a stranger. Everybody likes him. That's great. It's good to have people like that in your life if you're not that person. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about that. So we're coming into. Today's podcast pretty hot. We don't have a lot of lined up topics unless John unless you want to dive into spring football, the NBA or NHL playoffs. Do you have any hot takes on any of these? I, um you know, I remember when I was younger, spring football mattered a lot to me. I loved it. I've I got, you know, just euphoria from it felt like we were going to get a lot of stuff. And really now the, for me, in my opinion, spring football is the most important thing is the uh, injury report. Um, If you can get through spring football with people healthy, that's it. That's the news. Um, You know, people can splash in a quote unquote spring game and Iowa has their own version. It just, to me, health in the spring is really the only thing that matters. Um, as it relates to the NBA and NHL, I've got zero takes. Uh, NHL, <laughs> you know, Draymond Draymond Green is just the douchebag. I mean, just you know, I I wouldn't I wouldn't want to pay. He, he's a good basketball player. He's just a hothead. 
um, can control his emotions. And uh, go Kings, longtime suffering Kings fan here. It's great to well, have. Oh, yeah, it's your guy now. Your guy's yeah. there. Egan. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that's why I really haven't cared much about the NBA since, you know, the Bulls run ended. But I became a Bulls fan once B.J. Armstrong was drafted by the Bulls. Yeah. I was a Dr. J. Sixers fan before then, and then he, he retired in the l- mid to late 80s. And then B.J. came along, so I jumped on the Bulls then. And then first uh, jersey I ever owned was a BJ Armstrong Bulls jersey. Look at that. That's fantastic. So um but since then the slip, the pickings have been slim for Hawkeye fans trying to latch on to an NBA team for an Iowa player. Not that there hasn't been a few, but Keegan certainly uh represented himself quite well as a rookie, setting the uh, N- NBA rookie record for threes. Um, you know, the first two playoff games haven't been great from a stat sheet production standpoint, but uh you know, he's So you're getting- like watching those? games yeah yeah yep that's good no i get it i mean i like that with niang out i i'll watch the 76ers but it's this sounds really um like i'm being a jerk it's not iowa state's had enough of those guys now where it's kind of worn off on me i'm guessing like iowa football so like right now it's like oh, Brees Hall's playing or Brock Purdy's playing. I feel like oh, I'm really excited to watch it. It's just another day. Yeah, so like the they've had enough NBA guys playing the playoffs, like Monte's run with the Nuggets. It's not must see TV for me, and I won't lie. You're one of the few people who will get this after doing talk radio every day for eight years. I'm kind of taking a summer off. Yeah, I've kind of taken 13 years off. Um, I'm just I, like, yeah, I you know the I watched a little bit of the Clippers Suns last night. When I say a little bit, a little bit, ten minutes, and then I just turned it off and read a book. It's just I don't. I had to do that, and now I don't have to. Right. I'm not that passionate about it, so I'd rather right. have the Braves game on in the background while I read. Yes, that's the fun thing about summer is you have your favorite team on in the background. You know, whenever after I quit doing daily sports talk, I would listen to like you and Ross. Um, your opening monologues on, on like Mondays after football games uh, and then sometimes after a big basketball game because I just wanted to get your reactions and takes and opinions. But that's it. Um, no no disrespect to you or anyone. I mean, right now, I li- the only the sports podcasts I listen to are Kaufman Corner, which is a Royals podcast by uh, Saran Petro and Rainy Gisarely, is the best sports podcast I've ever listened to, ever. Obviously, I love the Royals, but they are—they're the two—they're unbelievable. They're from a pure baseball fan. It's—it's it's amazing. And then I listened to the opening segment of the uh, oh, the Barstool uh, PFT Commander and Barstool mm-hmm. Big Cat on Mondays following NFL Sundays when they do the fastest two minute in sports and they're basically talking like this and pretending that they're Chris Berman and they're making up funny things. What? Yep. What? That that's it. That's it. That's it. And I, and then I'll listen to some shows on this network. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on it. Um, I'll listen. You know, I'll catch bits and pieces of you and house. You know, I get in the chat sometimes and fire things off to you guys while you're doing the show. Always got to tune in to hear the hijinks of uh, Don Hassel um, and his quirkiness. Um, but yeah, Sounds I'm with like you. Don at a hell of a weekend in Florida. Hell of a time in Florida. The wet socks. I mean, I don't know what he's thinking. Like he's going to touch the water and fall. Oh, let me follow this water down. It's running away from me. Why am I like afraid? That? My dad's not not that anymore. But for the longest time, my grandpa would. He always just wore tennis shoes with socks. Could be a hundred degrees. We're a boating family, and he would have his tennis shoes and socks on, but he'd take them off as we loaded and unloaded the boat. And I've I've never seen that shade of white in my Mm. life is my Mm. grandfather's feet. My dad definitely has white feet. Um, I don't know about how he – I've never been to the ocean um, with my dad. I don't remember the last time I was on a body of water with my dad is probably as a very young child. We're not a voting family. We were a a terra firma baseball family. So I don't have – I don't – I don't – I mean, I, I could give you plenty of idiosyncrasies. Yeah, uh, about families, but you know that's a different day. That's a different. All right. day. Well, we did have a few um, topics I wanted to dive in here today. One of them. So we're having a congressional hearing today. It, 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 don't turn it off. We're not getting in. We're not going to let woke Miller just go off. That's hmm. a good nickname for you. Oh, it's woke the woke Miller? Miller Show. Oh yeah, I on- mean it rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> you're reaching. You're reaching really hard. What did our friend Molly 
say um, woke sport? What did, what did she call our show? Oh, a couple weeks me, ago. Let me let me find it. I forgot I'll, what it was. Yeah, called. it was it was really funny. It was. Oh. Uh, Oh, let me go down here to the bottom. Uh, Dose of woke with Miller and Williams and Miller. <laughs> to- and then I said, "How about toke of woke?" <laughs> so we're there's a congressional hearing going on right now. Yeah, where so they like a year ago, two years ago, they had the Department of Defense in to look into the UFOs. Because you know, John, like we're we're seeing a lot more now. Right, and and some of that's because everybody's got cameras, right? Like there's 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 reasons for a lot of this. It doesn't necessarily mean we're being, you know, attacked by aliens. That's yeah, not. We're not talking pre-invasion reconnaissance necessarily correct. here. Not really. The like, so they keep track of all these like sightings and stuff over the course of however many years, and there's exponentially more now than ever before and the last two years have been a major uptick than the previous two years before that so something something's happening here and congress happening here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> congress it feels the need to get some answers as to what's going on and again like that doesn't necessarily mean we're under attack but like, why are all these? And it's not just civilians. In many cases, these are pilots in the Air Force, mm-hmm. you know, who are reporting these things. And you see, it, it feels like every couple of months now, there's oh, the New York Times has got footage from these, you know, these pilots, and, the, and, the, and there's this moving cylinder figure, and they, they don't know what it is, right? Like people listening know what I'm talking about here. This is not me in my tinfoil hat. So there's this congressional hearing going on now. It's a follow-up to one from a couple of years ago where they created this new agency within the Pentagon that specializes in, they call them UFPs now, unidentified phenomenon. They're not saying flying objects because I think they're trying to get away from the stigma of what a UFO is. And they're bringing this guy in because he's the head of this department and he wrote a big paper and has a theory. Now, this is just a theory. He cannot prove it. There's a lot of these UFOs that have been spotted over water. And this guy's theory, John, is that these unidentified phenomenons are fueling up and they use water as fuel. One man's theory. Okay, seems mm. a little off to me. I feel like I some, like that. I like that actually. But that that is his theory, and he again, this is a government like Pentagon official who published this paper. And today, as we speak, John Miller, he is in front of Congress. What are your thoughts? Is this the guy that had the theory of the uh, O Omuamo that that cigar shaped rock that flew by a few years ago? Is this the same guy that had the theory that that was we were visited by interstellar travelers, or is it a different guy? I think this is a different guy. Okay, all right. Well, so we'll put that other yeah, side. This guy's like official. Like he's okay. like a legit. Like right. our tax dollars are going to pay his salary. Right, right. I think that the notion of water being used as a fuel is not a reach at all. I think that there have been um, some interesting, you know, experiments and work done on that in the past. Obviously, we're just simple little, you know, human beings uh, with, you know, can't handle that sort of thing. Or maybe, maybe the government's just bought up all the patents and put it in a box next to the Lost Ark, like from the Raiders of the Lost well, there, Ark and all that sort quick, of thing. There is a theory from our guy. Um, did you ever watch Unacknowledged, like I told you to? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. So he claims within Unacknowledged that there was actually a man back in the, like, I don't know, 60s or something who invented a way for automobiles to run off of water. Mm-hmm. And that they basically took him out back and killed him. He was disappeared. Yeah, because of the New World Order and the Illuminati and all that stuff. Well, they, I mean, energy companies would have an interest in that, right? Correct. Right. right. So, and who now, and who are the wealthy New World Order that would be calling the shots on a lot of this stuff? Me and my guys, energy yeah. owners. 
right? Especially in the like 60s and 70s, even I'm more tell so. You right now, I want you to watch your tone the rest of this podcast. <laughs> you might find yourself. I'm just saying, do you know anything about this guy, Miller? I guess is the best. Okay. All jokes aside, that there are, to prove the point you were just making, like yeah, there's a lot yeah. of people who believe that. Absolutely. Now. Absolutely. I, and I, I think something like that is absolutely possible because you look at water at its molecular level and what is it? It's hydrogen and it's oxygen. Hydrogen's one of the most uh, plentiful uh, resources in the universe. In hydrogen fuel cell technology, I've been reading about the potentialities of hydrogen fuel cell technology since the late 1990s, back in the days when we actually had newspapers like the Wall Street Journal. I was in energy at that time. I remember reading about that, and they said, someday you're going to be able to have a little you know, capacitor or some type of device at your house in the country running off of hydrogen, a hydrogen fuel cell that would power your whole house in perpetuity because it could you know, draw from the atmosphere and all that. Still a long ways away from that. But I absolutely believe if we don't kill ourselves as a species, um, we will get to that point. Now, I'm betting that we kill ourselves as a species before we get to that point, just so there's no mistake about that. But yeah, I do believe it's plausible. And also, I believe that aliens and the oceans make for an interesting theory. Um, I, you'd sent me that link this morning about what was going on today at Congress. And then I instantly texted with Gracie because she and I talk about this stuff all the time. And she's frustrated with me and has been for years because I won't go along with her just hand in hand on believing that what we are seeing in these UAPs or UFOs or whatever acronym you want are interstellar visitors. And when I say interstellar, I mean from another solar system, not from the Milky Way galaxy, but from a different galaxy. Because I think if there were that type of advanced civilization in our own galaxy, even as far across as the Milky Way is, we would be able to have detected have something it by now. Yeah. But yeah. from an, another galaxy, no. But so... But I tell her, it's like, Dad, well, then, you know, they're an advanced, maybe they're an advanced species and they came here from another, uh, another galaxy. Unless they have mastered the ability to manipulate space time, which means a full and complete mastery and understanding of how gravity works, which we do not have. We do not know how it works. We know its effects. We know that it's there, but we don't know how it works. Um, unless they've harnessed that, I don't believe another species could have made it here at the speed of light, considering, uh, the, how large the universe is. And a matter of fact, just, you know, a few weeks ago, due to a, due to a, um, a web space telescope discovery, they discovered a galaxy within three, allegedly 300 million years after the big bang at a time period which they did not believe galaxies would have been able to even form, and they think they just saw a galaxy that fits in that time frame. So we may be trying having to reconstruct the, uh, the, the base model of particle physics, the standard model of par particle physics, and how we understand the universe, which to me is very exciting. So they either know how to control space-time and can do shortcuts through from their galaxy to our galaxy, which would be a wormhole, basically folding space. You know, the old analogies that we've all seen numerous times. You got one end of a piece of paper here, one end of a piece of paper here. For those of you watching, you're going to get a chance to see this. But for those of you who haven't, you've probably seen it other places. So these two distances where those two circles are, that's a long distance. But you can get there closer by folding time and punching a hole right through. It's a wormhole. So they, they know how to do that. Well, or, or the aliens that we're seeing, they're us. They're us. Now, what does that mean? They can be us in a number of ways. They can be us. Talking like it, men in black stuff. Men in black, meaning it's a dark money government op that, that Congress doesn't know about. That's so deep that New World knows. Order. I've been talking about this for years. Well, New World Order, whatever you want to call it. or just Illuminati. Some, some part of the Pentagon that's funded by whenever we say, oh, we're missing a trillion dollars, that sort of shit. Okay? It's the Denver airport stuff. Yeah. No. I'm, 
I'm not playing that. I'm, this doesn't have to be. I'm not saying crazy. I'm just saying it's it's secret. It's secret. Have you ever studied the Denver airport? I don't think God, it's no. crazy that there's this underground. No, I've never society going on down there. No, that are living on blood of children. No, I, I don't know why you have to take my theories and make them sound crazy. I just you should well, study I, oh, that. I just sometime. turn the news on every day. I'm sure if, are, is Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates on today's congressional hearing because we'll <laughs> the bottom of shit if they are. Um, my point, I, I guess. So my follow up to you would be, it's like, it, what, don't we have to consider the possibility that right now? I mean, we are like dinosaurs when it comes to technology compared to these beings. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we have to just acknowledge the fact that we we could just be that far behind wherever the yes. hell they are. Yes, I think so. But 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 when you think about it, think the as a as humanoids, all right, as homo sapiens, homo sapiens. It's I don't know. There's a, a number of different estimates, but let's just say we've been around for two hundred thousand years. Okay. okay. Maybe it's three hundred thousand. Maybe it's a hundred thousand. But let's just go with two hundred thousand years that we've gone from you know Homo erectus and Neanderthal and Cro-Mac to Homo sapien. All right, that we are here. And it just didn't happen overnight. It was you know it, it like everything in humanity in the world. There's a spectrum when we you know we we transitioned. But we were still unable to harness fire in an instant up until the last couple of hundred years, right? It wasn't until the early 1900s that we had any type of uh, centralized industry on the planet Earth. Didn't have electricity 150 years ago, right? So what we've done from there to here is amazing, and we'll probably be able to do it if you just look. Is it Moore's Law or Metcalf's Law that that uh, the speed of computer processing basically doubles um, every few years. So if we had 150 years to get from the horse and buggy to a, uh, oh, what, what's Elon Musk's car, t- uh, Tesla's, Tesla. maybe it's only 75 years till we have the flying saucer cars. But again, an- another thing is, and I told you my theory is, either it's interstellar travelers that have learned how to fold time and they can punch through wormholes and be wherever they want. And that that would be, okay, if that's them, doesn't matter who they are or what they are. Let's just sit back and not piss them off. Or two, yeah. they are us. They are humans. And we are them. And we are them. And they are either... So I'm going to read what I sent to Grace. This is better. Okay. They are us from Earth's past or what we call the past, since I believe all of time is laid out. We just experience it linearly because as humans, we are born and we die and we are we can't prolong that per se there's we we our carbon-based life forms are going to decay so there's only a finite amount of time that we all have even if we're healthy right so from earth's past or what we call the past and they had the technology to build pyramids and other amazing things on this planet chris which we cannot to this day account for how ancient civilizations on this planet did that and they had the technology to identify a potential extinction event that was coming, say a big asteroid was coming and they knew it was going to be here in a certain number of years. And they said, okay, Audi, we gone. And they either went out into space and left and are just coming back to check on us or they went under the ocean and they learned how to live in the ocean and in the sea and ancient stories like Atlantis that keep popping up and all this. Maybe that was all real. And they have been with us all along. They And for whatever reason now, and it's interesting that these things seem to have spiked about the time that we developed nuclear te- nuclear weapons. It's, yeah. You know, and, and like it's a very um, proven fact that the sightings, the overwhelming majority happened near hot nuclear zones right that's really fascinating so so that means to that to me that the first knee jerks i had what are the first two things what are the first things you think of when you hear that that these are over hot zones so if well i mean if it's if it's intelligent life i think that whatever we're doing could be disrupting them wherever they are and they're like what in the hell is going on here 
Okay, that's one. Or the other they alternative. They feel threatened. Or the other, I'm going to come back to that. Or the other alternative is it's, this, this is military technology that just the United States is not solely in possession of. It's military surveillance technology from Russia, China, whomever. That seems like, yeah. I don't know. That's your Occam's know. razor right there. Occam, yeah, that's Occam's razor. It's man-made. It's a dark op. It's technology. Yeah. It's man-made. But go back to what you said before. That they're, you know, let's say, let's say, say for this conversation that it is a different intelligence, a different life form, or, or it's just not, you know, current era humans, and they, they're, they're observing what we're doing. I sometimes wonder if, when we were doing all those nuclear tests as a species back in the 1940s and even up to the 1950s, and maybe even some into the 60s in North Korea, seemingly every other day, if they want to on the ground, if Doing that causes damage within the space-time continuum. A nuclear explosion like that, could it potentially cause damage? And they're coming around saying, hey, you guys are effing things up. Now, as I'm saying this out loud, I then I throw shade on that because the sun is a nuclear fusion reactor. And these types of things happen every second on the sun. So maybe that's not a, a good hypothesis, but all, but what if they could also be us from the future or what we view as the future again, since we are, we live in, you know, the understanding of linear time and um, they are the future checking in on us from a historical perspective to see what the heck happened to us due to some forthcoming extinction event that we had. And you ever see the movie interstellar? Uh, hold on. Is that a Siamese cat? No, it is a ragdoll. Oh, it's like it's one a, of them Siamese. A ragdoll, a ragdoll snowshoe uh, combination. He's a great cat. Love this cat. Fantastic, fantastic. No, I've never seen the movie Interstellar. So I think that. Let me, let me read one more thing because I'm bouncing around here. I don't like that. I sent this to Grace too. I said my mind gets more and more around just how immense the observable universe is. And that it's only the tip of the iceberg to how big it is as far as what we can see of the observable universe. And these people are either brilliant beyond compare to be able to travel to this planet from other uh, extra you know, interstellar galaxies. Or perhaps, what if they are the creators? What if the they's that we're seeing are the creators? the creators of all that we observe, the gods, so to speak. And I have a little kind of, you know, not necessarily a theory. It doesn't, it's not a working hypothesis, but more of a science, science fiction fan notion of what if God is a scientist? What if God, I think, I think you're getting kind of crazy here, John, I got to step in. I mean, I feel like this is nuts. Why? Uh, so basically, I mean, we're in like our own little, like, version of the hunger games possibly <laughs> what, what it, that's what, how i read that <laughs> no that's good what it, my, if, my, like the way i see it is you're you're saying like we're in like this little uh what do you what you call dish? It? like a snow globe and there's this yeah. guy up there and okay now guy. we're gonna send this figure over to the atlantic ocean yeah didn't say guy what these idiots are doing yeah as humans we're limited by our own observation so we we project anthropomorphic uh you know, projections onto everything. It has to be human. You know, God created man in his own image. Well, there's an original thought because why he wouldn't create, uh, you know, if he was a horse, he wouldn't create it like this. So, so it's just Occam's razor. What if God or gods, what if they were scientists and they in their realm, which is, you know, bigger than the realm that we live here on earth. What if there's a problem that they are trying to solve for, right? And we are the experiment. And they keep running this experiment over and over to try to get the desired result. And the desired result would save their realm that they live in. This actually is a way better science fiction story and book than it is a theory of what yeah, it is. To write this. I, write this I, I, I'm already 150 pages into it, my friend. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. <laughs> so anyway. So you were talking underwater. Yeah. So I don't know if you watched or listened to two guys named Chris this week, but I my wife was watching Titanic. Yes. This week. I don't want to talk about that godforsaken movie. I've never seen it. Well, are you interested at all in the boat? I'm aware of the boat and the stories about the Titanic, yes. I, as a kid, was obsessed like with this shipwreck. Like I would anything I could get my hands on. I was more I of an Edmund Fitzgerald guy, but I could see the uh, interest. Go ahead. This is a this is pre internet. Like when right. this is because it got discovered, they found it in nineteen eighty five. That was the first time they found it the actual shipwreck right. because it had moved so much after you know, after it actually happened and they just didn't have the technology and whatnot. So I'm like looking through encyclopedias and stuff. If you could imagine like a 12 year old Chris Williams, just yeah, you like, just walk over to the family's Britannica, you know? Yeah. And you know, big Mike actually big Mike never got suckered into buying those things, but I'm at libraries, school, whatever. And so she's watching this, this Titanic movie and it just reinvigorated like this passion point of a young Chris Williams to the point that I have been obsessing over the Titanic shipwreck for the last 72 hours. I've been the last reading about hours. it. Okay. I've been looking at pictures. I've been, cause it was like a 90 year anniversary or something like that it was on Sunday, which okay. is probably why she was watching it. Right. Probably right. why it was on. And, it's like Shark Week, but it's Titanic Week. It's fascinating to me that. So, do you? I wanted to ask you about this. I didn't tell you this. Do you? Because there's like, I mean, thousands of people died. You know, it's like a graveyard down there. Although their bodies aren't there because apparently salt water eats at your bones and apparently and eventually just completely disintegrates everything. Sure. From what I've been. Yeah. Yeah. There's this big debate that I didn't know was a thing because if the Titanic doesn't get saved, it's going to just completely disintegrate because well, of the sure. salt water yeah, over time. Yeah. There, in Florida, if, if you drive like a high tide in a street that floods in your car, you better go to the car wash because it's going to rust out. So, yeah. So the point is there's this big debate now. Should we be trying to like save pieces of the Titanic and bring it up for the sake of history to preserve it, or should we let that graveyard be? I'd let the graveyard be. We've already we've already had our current technology scan it, create modeling. We know the whole layout of it all. We know the end of the story. We have the answer to what became. And I really could give two shits if I was ever able to position to go touch a piece, a two by 12 piece of steel from the Titanic. Not my thing. Maybe it is for somebody. I'd say, leave it be. It's, it's, it's a cemetery, right? Yeah. That's, that's the argument. Like that is the, and that's kind of where I landed too. I mean, we don't just go and digging up, graves i mean and that's essentially what but i would also think too wouldn't there be like they say there's not but god i would think like in the depths of that where we've never been able to get to there would be some skeletons and stuff right or is that completely gone it just depends i'm sure there's a life cycle at which the bones you know just all hundreds of years i don't know the answer to that but i water water wins every battle in the battle between water and stone the water wins not because it's stronger, but just because it's more persistent. Water always wins. Water will always find a way. So yeah, and salt water at that, 
course the bones are going to go at some point in time. I just don't know what that time is, but I'd leave it be. I'd, I'd leave the Titanic be. Does this have any connection to aliens? Well, you were talking about these underwater civilizations, and I was like, well... Well, the, the reason why is because they can... <laughs> that's like, why I, That's why it came to my mind, because okay, you were it. talking about that. I got... I'm not coming at you for changing the topic. It's not like I've we're been like living, locked in. you got to understand where my mind's been at for 72 hours, Miller. I've been thinking about the Titanic, and you're like, oh, well, these... these they're they're living underneath the ground, and I'm like, well, maybe, you know. I just I think it's plausible. They've been to the Titanic. I think it's plausible that whatever you know, something other than us, or maybe a home for these UAPs. I think it's plausible that it would be underneath the water, because the we probably. I'm going to guess that we know as much about our interplanetary system that we are a part of the eight planets plus whatever you want to do with uh, Pluto. Pluto's a planet. Uh, um, we have more That's a fascinating discussion too, by the way, it I is. refuse to just sit there and let the astronomers, you know, take a huge greasy dump all over the planetary scientists who still believe it's a planet. Well, you know, I'm down to be a voice of support for the out, the ostracized and those on the margins of society. And so I'm here for Pluto, if need be. But my thought is, I think we have maybe a greater understanding and knowledge of what's going on in our interplanetary system than we know what's going on five miles below the surface of the ocean at the depths that there are greater depths in the ocean than um, Mount Everest is above sea level. And the pressures are so immense. That is the true undiscovered territory. To go where no man has gone before, it's in the oceans. So I absolutely, we, if I was in advance, um, I, I think I just, we, we, we have deep, you know, deep uh, water submersibles that can, you know, but they're limited. These are not, we don't have like interstates down there. We have like one little submarine that can cover this little bit of space at the, you know, if there was an intelligent species, they'd like, okay, we see that thing coming. It's going to take them two years to get here. We'll just move or whatever. I just think that it would not surprise me one day if we were able to prove the existence of these things and they were not of, you know, earth's makeup, um, that these things just basically were dogenous and they live underwater where we can't find them. Okay. You know, to well, me, the, the classified documents I'd be interested in knowing if they existed, which is kind of a stupid thing to say, would be uh, what have um, American uh, submarine uh, sonars, what have they picked up all these years? Have they picked up things unexplained, classified that we can't say? Maybe that's where wreckage has come from, from other, you know, if, if l let's view the pyramids in both Egypt as well as Central America, let's view that as wreckage from a pre-existing technology, right? Why wouldn't the ocean floors be potentially littered with some type of uh, alien craft if we're going to go there and we reverse engineer it that way? It makes a lot more sense to me than somehow a, an alien falling out of the sky over Roswell in 1940-something when we didn't have the ability to shoot them out of the sky. All right, yeah. next time we go to Vegas... We're going to rent a vehicle and go to Roswell. You know how many times out of my window of my suite this last month in Vegas, I just kept looking in the direction of Area 51 because I know where it's at. I've been looking at I've been Googling Area 51 on Google Maps since Google Maps started. And I check in usually a couple times a year. See any changes? Oh, yeah. Longer runways, which means that they've got, you know, uh, aircraft that that are heavier that need longer one runways to land. Um, I, I think the vast majority of things that people see are, are explainable, but I, I listened to a book on tape on my way to and from Iowa two weeks ago. A book and, on tape? Well, uh, an audio book. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not cassette. I was say, what the hell? You have like an actual Sorry. like cassette player? That, that's a show your age. We used to call them books on tape. <laughs> And you'd get this big old George giant Costanza. plastic thing you'd open and there'd be a dozen cassettes and you got to make sure you're putting in the right one and the dickhead before didn't rewind it. So you're pissed oh, yeah. about that. But anyway, so the an audio VCR, man. And it was called UFO of God was the name of it. And I oh, that's the one you've been telling me to yes. check out. Yeah. yeah. So I've been hanging out with you. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to check into this. I can't, I don't know what it was that I saw, but I listened to all of it. 
and this guy's name is Bledsoe. And man, this guy claims to have been visited by orbs, orbs of light, and talked with these beings and saw these alien-type beings for a number of years. And this guy's still living and still talking about it to this day. And the number yeah. of people that he name-checks in that book that are existing people today, people that we used to be, have like, you know, general rank in the military and that, that's, if you start just making shit up like that, there's too many people that he named checked that they would all just shout him down and say, this is untrue. I was never with this guy. Here's my itinerary. Here's where I was. Here's my alibi. Way too many people to name check just to be making it up. Yeah, I so, don't think all these people are crazy. Like right. something so, happened. To and I don't I, just, I don't think it's a mass delusion the way that I think that there are many mass delusions within the human species. And I won't even get into that. I don't think this is a mass delusion event from these people. Do I think some of these people see what they shine their light on, you know, metaphorically? Sure. We all do. We're humans. We have a bias. We have preconceived notions and we go looking for things that reinforce that notion for any number of psychological reasons. But I think that there's validity to this. So I've been sitting out in my back patio the last two weeks, looking up at the stars with a little oh, bit yeah, yeah. different eye. And uh, I'm like, all right, man, I'm here. Orbs, show up. Let's go. We, and I, we get into it. We get we got that app on my iPad, the Night Sky Night app. Night Sky, yeah, to see what you're looking at. Yeah, we got that. We sit out there, me and Cammie do. Because a couple weeks ago, it was a big – because you could see Uranus. You could see, like, Jupiter. No, I, I saw more of my anus this last two weeks than I wanted to know about. <laughs> Excuse me? You know what? I told myself I wasn't going to do this. Do I do it? Is this do about I... the needle? Needle in the asshole? Yeah. Yeah, folks, let me tell you what. I've experienced... I'm derailing this whole show. This show is a train wreck from... And I apologize yeah, this, to all of you. This show's... Ah, I think people will like it. It'd too. probably be entertaining, but it certainly is not on topic. Um, I had a needle in the asshole two weeks ago. And I've had kidney stones. I've had abscessed teeth. The pain of which people say those are the number one and number two on the pain meter. Um, for 60 seconds, needle and hemorrhoid, number mm. one. Undefeated, uh, stands alone. Standing on top of the mountain of pain, my personal pain index saying, are you not entertained? And no, I was not. And that doctor said, hey, uh, Mr. Miller, this is going to be uh, a short period of rather intense pain. And he didn't give me a chance to ask a follow-up question. He just dove in. And, so what they do, like get the juice out of it? Uh, that was to actually save me from pain. Oh, That was to save me from pain. And then they cut it off? And then I had a thrombosed hemorrhoid, which is a hemorrhoid with a blood clot. One in two Americans 50 years or older deal with hemorrhoids. So, you know, deal with it. A lot of women that have kids, you know, it's a lot of them. They deal with it. Um, it that 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 pain, Chris, was indescribable. I held on to the side of the gurney with both hands as I'm laying there on my side, my ass just sitting out there to whoever wants to walk by and see it, which is a total of zero people that want that. And uh, I yelled out loud in pain. I screamed out loud in pain. Never done that before Ugh. that I recall. I've writhed in pain from my from my kidney stone, but I've never yelled out in pain as an adult that I can recall. Um, that was rough. But you know what? The, the funny part of it all, the irony was, is like I on Monday. So that was like so on Monday. I've been dealing with this for two or three days. Drove up to Iowa and back, and that was not a fun trip dealing with that. Um, so and then that my wife's like, you need yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no good. She's like, John, just go into the, the urgent care. Just go in. No, they'll, don't they'll do take that. A look Those doctors don't know what the hell they're doing for well, the hemorrhoid. Well, I said, listen, my doctor, doctor, uh, my doctor, who is a man, he's not available till Friday. Osman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the ass man. Dr. Aspen, he's not available till Friday, and this was Monday. And I'm thinking to myself, man, 
this really sucks. This is really uncomfortable, but I can deal with that more as opposed to just going in and getting a random doctor who may be a female. Now, those of you listening to this, if you're still with us, for one, Sounds congratulations. Misogynistic. Sounds really misogynistic, but you know, and most people listen, that I am, a, I am a feminist advocate, all right? It has nothing to do with me thinking a woman has any less ability in medicine than a man at all. And I could go on and on about how bullshit society has done that to women dating back to the women being burned at the stake in the Middle Ages. But I won't go there for this day because I've already gone off topic. I just don't want a woman looking at my ass crack. Can I be blunt like that? Don't want it. And I don't want a man looking at my ass crack either. Let's just say, so you'd rather have a guy. In this particular instance, it, I would. Don't know what that says. Says nothing other than I'm trying to protect. I'm trying to protect as many humans from seeing that as possible. But by the time Wednesday morning at 3 a.m. rolled around and I hadn't slept and I couldn't sleep, I sent my wife an email saying, hey, I got up early, drove myself to the ER. I'll talk with you later, you know. Cause she's out. I didn't want to bother anybody. And that's when I drove in there and they gave me that and all this sort of stuff. So yeah. Um, Brutal, so they, dude. they sliced it open. <laughs> they, they, they squeezed out the blood clots. Okay. I think we've heard enough. Honestly, I think you've done a pretty good job with this story. <laughs> so yeah. And then I was texting Very descriptive. you and I was texting you about it. You're like, Oh man, we got to talk about this. I'm like, I don't know if I want to talk about this. Maybe my, ins maybe my instincts were better than yours. Cause now after having heard this, you're feeling uncomfortable. You're like, this is not the type of content no, no. that I want to be associated with. Nothing frankly, makes me uncomfortable. Because frankly, I want to, I want you to re uh, you know, retell your story, which I laughed my ass off when I heard this. Yeah. No. Cause like, you can't really embarrass me because of my laxative story. I'm sure you took some laxatives of, for over a year, 14 months. Exactly. Every Dude, day. How did your, do, do you still have, do you have problems with uh, incontinence? <laughs> incontinence makes it sound like I can't control it. Like I was never like leaking. I oh could, God. I, but like for real, for, for a year, I couldn't schedule a meeting before noon. Why? What did you think you were taking? I thought I was taking fiber. Oh, no, son. Uh, it you was were fiber lax. 180 degrees. Yeah. Well, no, it was, it was called fiber lax. It's like a real thing you can buy in the So store. it's got fiber in it but it encourages your intestines to do the little boogie-woogie that they do to Correct. Have, a, yeah. have a bowel movement. And once and I figured it we're out. We're all adults here. We're all adults here. Right? Once we figured it out, like, yeah, you looked on the back of the bottle, and it says, do not take for more than seven days in a row. Yeah, yeah. It could be, like, really damaging to your colon. And that's why I'm. that's why I feel so bad for you because, I mean, at least for me, one – one out of every two people my age or older deals with a hemorrhoid at some or has dealt with a hemorrhoid at some point in time in your life. But I cannot imagine going through life as courageously as you are dealing with incontinence. That so, would be incredibly rough. One of the worst parts of it, too, other than the obvious, was that, you know, I get off of this thing and I immediately put on 10 pounds. Yeah. Because I'm not just draining every ounce every day yeah like i have been for a year right <clears throat> yeah i i will say that i am in a weight loss challenge with one of my coworkers for the year and uh the last two weeks have been really productive on the weight well, loss challenge. you should take some fiber lax right before the audience that's that's my that's my in case of emergency on december 12th if i'm not close to my 205 pounds i'm 211 right now oh, I think um, you'll be down down from 227 in january um, I'm going to basically do what you do before you get your uh, colonoscopy and just chug that shit down and clean the uh -huh. whole system out. I don't like to lose, son. Do not like to lose. Well, you guys tweeted this if you're still listening at this point in today's podcast. There's no one still here. <laughs> I guarantee you I've offended multiple groups of people. I've offended the sensitivity. Why? Who have you offended today? Because of the God thing? Probably. Um, well, I mean, I'd like to think that they, you're not 
You're not preaching this. You're no, just no, I, no, 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 no. This is my theory. I, I believe that there's a God. I just don't, I, I don't, I no longer ascribe anthropomorphic projections on it. And I no longer, you know, feel that there's a holy book or anything like that. But, um, so I'm still spiritual. I'm not an atheist. So, and if you are, there's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah. Hey, we're a very open arms program. We are. We are. We are. Here, I enjoy I talking about things like this, though. I do too, and and we'll we'll see what happens. We'll we'll follow this story. I'm I'm gonna be all over it. I don't think I'm gonna watch C-SPAN for it this afternoon. Oh, good. You're talking about aliens. I thought you meant my ass. I'm like, you're not welcome. Yeah, I don't know. The story. I would over like there. updates. Does it feel better? Um. So when I went in last Friday for an update, he said it's the largest uh, hemorrhoid he'd ever seen in the non-surgical environment. Jesus. And then I started googling uh, what surgeries were for hemorrhoids, and the recovery and pain, and I was not happy. He gave me a, a prescription topical, which is gross. Um, I'm happy to report that uh, Harry is now back almost to a normal size and no longer um, above above surface level. Is this all because of Vegas, the poor eating habits? The It, it potentially was. Yeah. All right. A, a, a lot of non-fibrous times. <laughs> 20 hours at a blackjack table. You know, so nothing sitting at Benny's for that many hours. That'll that'll do it to a man. Every morning I woke up and walked down to that breakfast buffet, if you recall, and that's all that I ate. I didn't so, go to that once. I am. I, I was am. on a totally different eating schedule than you. I would eat. I ate at that Asian restaurant at like 2 a.m. every night. So then I was full until like and then I did. I wouldn't eat for like 12, 13 hours after that. Yeah, we were just on opposite Two meals. sides. We were just on opposite sides of the, of the desk there. Two meals in Vegas. I don't eat three. Yeah, no, I don't eat three meals any day. You know. All right, Miller, get the hell out of here. Yeah, I, I need to. I need to leave. I'll show myself this, out. This has been a look. I'll show, interesting I'll, I'll, show. I'll, I'll, I'll show myself out. <laughs> He's John Miller. I'm Chris Williams. We'll be back next week. Iowa everywhere.